And I think the key things that I need to take away from it is to have a goal, have a plan, focus on it, take action, break it down and make it happen. Welcome, my friend, to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. And before we get into the show in today's episode, which I know you'll get a lot of value from because we're, we stay out of all the fluffy stuff and we get straight into the good stuff of real estate investing advice, I want to give a quick shout out to today's sponsor, and that's Patch of Land. Uh, they are making this show possible and they're making tons of flipping projects possible all across the country. If you don't know about Patch of Land, then they are the number one company to go to for uh, projects that you're flipping uh, because they have all the money available right now. Um, once you get approved for your your deal and yourself as a sponsor or a borrower, um, you're going to be funded by them. And then they go raise the money through their crowdfunding platform. So you don't have to worry about all that. They'll take care of the, the money and the funding for you. You just have to worry about making sure your project's, project's a success. Uh, they've got something really cool for you. So um, if you are just learning about crowdfunding, uh, they've come up with a guide. It's called the Top 10 Crowdfunding Questions Guide. And they're all the, the questions that you might be asking yourself. And they're all the answers. They don't leave you hanging. They've got answers too. All the answers to those, those 10 crowdfunding questions. So you can go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and get that guide. Uh, and if you think you know everything about crowdfunding, I'd check this guide out just in case because there are some interesting aspects that you'll learn. So go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and get that guide. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless and we've got a special segment today called Skillset Sunday and uh, we're going to talk about overcoming challenges and boy does our guest overcome challenges in in every sense of the word especially from a, 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 a an extreme sport standpoint and real quick before I introduce our wonderful guest if you haven't joined us on the show we're all about getting straight to the information that helps you move your real estate business forward. We cut out all that fluffy stuff and we we talk about things that relate back to you as an entrepreneur. Because if you are a real estate investor or involved in real estate in some way, I suspect that you're also an entrepreneur. Because if you have your own property, then I would say you're an entrepreneur because it's, an, it's a business. Every Every house is a business within itself. And we have a lot to learn. And as entrepreneurs, it's so important to know, okay, if there's an insurmountable challenge that, or seemingly insurmountable challenge that is presented, how do we approach it? And what are the steps that people who have done similar things or accomplished amazing things, how do they approach it? And, and that's where our guest today comes into play. So with us today, we've got Sarah Williams. How you doing, Sarah? I'm fabulous. Thank you, Joe. Great to have you on the show. And Sarah is the founder of Tough Girl Challenges, which is all about getting people to do challenges outside of their comfort zone. And those aren't just words, my friends. She lives and breathes it. She has run the London Marathon, 
one, two, three, four, five times. She has walked across burning coals. Did you do that at a Tony Robbins event? I did do it at a Tony Robbins event, which was uh, amazing. Yeah, so she, she and I both, this is the I only... Love Tony Robbins. Yeah, I love Tony Robbins as well. And um, out of all these challenges, this is the only one that we have done, that we've both done, the walking across burning coals, because I've done that too. It's great to exfoliate your feet too. <laughs> She's done skydiving, bungee jumping, cycling down death row. Is that the one in Bolivia? It is Bolivia, death road, the world's most dangerous road. Yeah, that's uh, just if you are not familiar with that, best ever listeners, just Google it. Uh, It's terrifying. Uh, Just to look at in pictures, I want to talk to you about that. Uh, (laughs) And then she's climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. And you can say hi to her at toughgirlchallenges.com. And uh, you're about to have a conversation with her right now. So with that being said, Sarah, before we talk about the aspect of overcoming challenges, can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more background about um, what you do and why are you doing so many of these um, seemingly risky things with your body? (laughs) Yep, absolutely. So just to tell you a little bit more about me, I spent the first sort of eight years after I graduated from university living in London. I was working for a global bank and I was working very long, crazy hours as you do when you work in the banking industry. But I wasn't feeling that sort of um, that sense of satisfaction inside. And I kept thinking, I need to do something else. And I was never sure what it was. So I started running into work and I enjoyed that. And then suddenly the marathons came along. I was like, yeah, this is pretty good. So I started enjoying doing all these sort of uh, more extreme things. I've also run sort of like Snowdonia Marathon as well. And um, and after about eight years, I suddenly thought, you know what? There's got to be more to life than this. So I quit my job and decided to go traveling around the world. And that's when sort of all the adventures started happening. So I went to Africa, climbed Kilimanjaro, the highest mountain um, in Africa, wrote a book about it, uh, Kilimanjaro Tips to the Top, headed over to South America to go and climb Life Volcano in Pucon, Volcano Vilakari, and headed over to Bolivia to cycle down Death Road. And I started really sort of enjoying them. And I think with the challenges that I do, um, they are risky, but that it's sort of calculated risk because it's not sort of, um, they're not crazy things, crazy things to do. You just sort of you go out and you weigh up the risk. And obviously, you know, for example, when you're doing death rows, you know, you obviously check your equipment out. The first thing I did was check to make sure that my brakes actually worked when I was getting on the bike and, you know, listening to the instructions from the guide. I mean, one of the things he kept saying to me was, you know, keep looking forward, look to where you want to go. Because what can happen is when you're cycling down the road, um, you can start looking over to, over the cliff edge because you're like, wow, look at that drop. That looks absolutely, oh, my goodness. And you start sort of steering the bike towards where you're looking. So it's, it's sort of interesting things like that you sort of learnt, um, learnt along the way. But, yeah, sort of swam with sharks. Not, yep, swam with sharks, swam with dolphins, bungee jumps, skydived. I just really enjoyed the adrenaline rush, really. So, um, yeah. We haven't obviously gotten to the the, the portion of where, where you're going to talk to us about how to overcome the challenges, but there is one thing that you mentioned with the death row and what the instructor says, and it reminds me of something that Tony Robbins talks about as well, where if you're, if you're in a spin, like if you're in a car, then you want to look where you want to go versus look at what you don't want to crash into. Because, you know, you you see a car crash into a telephone pole and there's one telephone pole every, you know, 
10 football fields. And you're like, how the heck did that car hit that one telephone pole? How did that manage? Well, they were looking at that telephone pole whenever they were in a spin. Whereas if you look ahead to where you want to go, then you'll be able to eventually get there. No, absolutely. And I completely agree. And it's surprising how true it is as well, because even if you just try, even just like cycling wrong on a normal street, just start looking to either your left or your right and you'll start sort of veering in that direction. So definitely um, very wise words from Tony and very wise words from myself. So look to where you want to go, have your goal in sight and sort of go for it. So let's talk about overcoming challenges. And once you overcome a challenge, what you get out of it and you know how you've, how you've implemented that uh, in your life. So succinctly and really quickly, at the end of our conversation, what are the best ever listeners going to be able to take away from our conversation that we have? I think the key things that I need to take away from it is to have a goal, have a plan, focus on it, take action, break it down and make it happen. So whenever you have a challenge, and that could be linked into real estate or your job or your career or your home life um, or relationships, know exactly what that challenge is, break it down into small parts, into segments, and just start, take action, start working towards it um, straight away. And that's the only way you're going to overcome those challenges. Because sometimes with some of the bigger challenges, you can let sort of the fear overwhelm you. You can sort of look at the whole big picture and think, I'm never going to be able to do that. So when I was flying out to Africa to go and climb Kilimanjaro, when you when you fly down into Kilimanjaro Airport, you could the pilot says to you, look out of the left-hand side of the plane and you'll be able to see Kilimanjaro. So you suddenly see this massive mountain and your fears start appearing and you start to think, oh my goodness, this is, you know, this is a big challenge. It's scary. The doubts start happening. Am I going to be fit enough? Am I, be able, am I going to be able to cope with it? And you can get overwhelmed. You can almost try and sort of talk yourself out of doing it. Whereas actually, when you start at the national park, you know, you start taking that first step and you break it down. It's going to be, you know, take place over over seven or eight days or so. And then you just slowly start walking towards it and you just keep making progress day after day after day. So um, doing that, accomplishing your challenge is is a fantastic feeling. Um, and it's amazing whenever you do that. But I think one of the things I've learned is even if you don't don't complete your challenge or complete your goal, you will have learned so much on the way and and it will put you in such a stronger position for the next time you have to the next time you come to a challenge or an adventure or goal that you need to do. That's interesting. Let's use that example. Something that you have initially undertook, but you didn't complete it. And then you use that to parlay into something else that uh, you were working on. What would be an example? The one thing that I can think of relating to work is accountancy. So when I first started off in my my career is um, I thought I wanted to be an accountant. Um, you know, everyone said what, you know, fantastic qualification it was and how and how brilliant it was. And, you could, and it just adds so much value. And I started working towards this qualification back when I was I think, 23 or 24. And I was massively struggling with it. But, you know, I I persevered. I, I worked as hard as I could. I got the extra help. I got, you know, extra tutoring. I tried my best to, to do um, to do this. And it, it turned out I passed one of the exams and I failed the other exam. So very, very difficult. Had to had to change jobs, had to change careers. So it's something that I didn't complete. It was a tough challenge. But along the way, I learned a huge amount about myself and I could still put everything that I'd learned into practice into my future career. And sometimes there are things that happen out there that actually you don't necessarily have control over. 
and you know it does go outside of your control but it's not necessarily a bad thing for you not to complete your challenge because you can still learn so much just even going through the journey with all of the different things that you've done what was the most mentally challenging and what was the most physically challenging okay i would say climbing kilimanjaro was physically the most challenging the first five or six days are absolutely fine it's you know it's, it's a really quite a pleasant walk you're walking really really slowly but it's summit night which is the real challenge you get woken up at 11 o'clock at night um, you start walking at midnight it's pitch black you're all lined up in single file you're wearing this head torch and it illuminates about a meter in front of you so all you can see is the person's feet in front of you and you start walking you don't have any music playing there's there's nothing else happening and you're just left alone with your thoughts as you walk and you're going to be walking for the next 10 hours roughly and in the pitch black you're walking along and it's just you, you and your mind and it's a very sort of mental battle because you can start having these thoughts where it's like oh you know why did you decide to climb Kilimanjaro again <laughs> Why do you want to do this? You know, your feet hurt. You've got a headache. You're struggling. It's, you know, you're in pain. You're in agony. And all these thoughts can keep going over and over and over again. And if you continue to have those negative thoughts, there's just no way that you're going to get to the top. So I actually had to sort of have a sort of stern conversation with myself and say, Sarah, come on. You've got to change how you're thinking. You've got to change your mindset. You've got to, you've got to start thinking positive that actually, you know, you're making progress. You're moving forward. Just take it one step at a time, you know, get to get to that next rock. Just keep doing do 10 steps. OK, let's do another 10, another 10, another 10. And so you do sort of have this mental battle with you. And I think one of the things that I've actually learned through doing all of these sort of physical challenges is it's not necessarily the physical challenges or, or the, um, the pressure on your body. It's always your mind. It's your mind which can give up first. And that's when you'll stop. So if you can just persevere mentally and be really strong and really tough, that can keep you going because your body can just achieve so much and do so much when you believe that you can do it. When you're doing this or when you're talking about it, uh, as far as like walking in the pitch black for 10 hours, it reminds me of, you know, just I, I heard a quote somewhere where they say, don't walk by sight, walk by faith. And just have faith that things are going to work out as long as you know you're 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 taking the action and taking the steps um, that are necessary. And it sounds you know I like to stay with very hard hitting stuff, but the truth is that most of this is psychological. It's all up in our mind, and you know we can talk about tactics of how to to do certain things. But at the end of the day, those tactics are available to everybody in some book. But it's about the mental aspect of what we do and having the, the courage to go past and exceed what's, what's comfortable to us from a mental standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. And it's, um, it's, it's really interesting because, you know, you hear people talking about, you know, positive mental attitude and, and it can always be taken sort of too far. But actually, it is your attitude that can determine the outcome of so many different situations. It's how you approach the problems that you're facing and, and it's how you how you decide how to act and how you're going to put your best foot forward. So a lot of it does come down to your to your mental patterns, to your beliefs 
to you know to what you think you can um, you can change and what you think you can do. So no, I completely agree with that. With all these things, which one would you say did it? And when I asked you mental and physical, it sounded like Kilimanjaro was both the mental, most mental and physically challenging, right? Yeah, I'd agree with that. Okay. Which was surprising. I would not have guessed that. I guess I don't know enough about Mount Kilimanjaro. I I would have said maybe a marathon or, or something along those lines, but the interesting thing with marathons are is you sort of you know where you've got to get to you know the you know the exact the exact distance um you've got supporters all the way along the route and and one of you know top tip for if you are running a marathon is always write your name on your top so whenever you're running along you've got people shouting you know well done sarah keep going sarah great job sarah you're doing really well so you've got all this extra sort of support around you whereas when you're on kilimanjaro you sort of are by yourself and that's, I think, where the difference is so that it's um, you obviously know where you've got to get to, but it's not in a straight line. You're walking in a zigzag. You haven't been through that route before. You don't know exactly where you are and, and how much further you've got to go. You obviously know you've got to get to the top, but it's very difficult to judge time and distance. I mean, I think one of the points that I remember most is I was looking up and I was thinking, OK, we look, we look, we're getting pretty close now you know, to, to Gilman's point, sort of the first resting point. And so I asked one of the porters, I said, oh, you know, how much longer? Expecting him to say, oh, it'll be about 30 minutes. (laughs) He was like, it's going to be about two hours. And you could sort of feel your heart drop because it's really difficult to judge the the time and the distance. Whereas in a marathon, especially once you, you know, when you get running and you know your pace, you know how quickly you can run, you can break it down in your head and you can be like, yeah, it's another 20 minutes, another 20 minutes, another 20 minutes. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. Thankfully, you at least had the two hours and he wasn't like, well, we'll get there when we get there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, the, the theme of this is challenges and how you overcome them from a mental and physical aspect. What was the most life-threatening challenge that you've done out of all of these? I probably would say most probably death road, just because it, you know, there are still people who go cycling down it. People do lose their lives on this road. And it's, um, it's it's still actually really, really dangerous. So even just to describe the road, it's sort of, you know, it's been carved out. It connects sorry, La Paz, which is the capital city um, in Bolivia. And then this road is carved out of the mountain. And it's mostly only, you know, maybe like four or five meters wide. So you can get about two cars going past. And it's not like the roads that you have in America or UK, which, you know, beautifully tarmacked. Um, you know, you've got the lines and the barriers up. So there's no barriers. There's no lines. It's sort of all gravelly. In certain bits, there are sort of mini waterfalls um, running down and it's a little bit wet. And that was very, very difficult because you were you still have cars using the road and you were being told to cycle on the left hand side, which is the side where, you know, where the cliff is going over the edge. So sort of cycling down that way, you sort of like this is actually pretty scary. And uh, the, the two places where most accidents happen are at the very, very top and the very, very bottom. So at the very, very top, most people are either incredibly overconfident and just really go for it and don't really don't really sort of um, understand, you know, the, the speed or the mountain biking or don't have the experience of how to cycle the road in a safe fashion and can end up either going over their bike or going over the edge. And it has actually happened. So one of the reasons why, you know, the guy does shout out to you, keep looking forward, keep your eyes on the road. And then the second place, as I was saying, is actually at the very, very bottom. So normally like 200 meters from the finish line, loads of people just go straight over their handlebars because they sort of relax. They stop concentrating. They sort of think we've done it. We've made it. 
And that's where these sort of the, the other accidents happen. So when I was doing it, there was actually a, another girl with me and um, and she sort of lost concentration, went straight over a rock, straight over handlebars. You know, her hands were shredded, her hip bones were shredded, her knees were shredded, um, you know, cuts and grazes on her face. And it was actually pretty serious. I mean, obviously, she didn't go over the edge of the cliff, but it's still very, very dangerous, especially in my, you know, I hadn't been on a bike since I was about 13. So I think that was pretty scary as well, hoping I'd be able to remember how to ride a bike. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, a, a crazy, crazy experience. What makes you want to do a death road type of excursion? I understand skydiving because you get a different perspective that, you know, you're like a bird, but free falling. And I, I understand uh, marathon because I could see that would be a, a form of, of exercise. And then, you know, there's definitely a lot of camaraderie and the community involved with that. Bungee jumping, same thing with skydiving. I could see climbing a mountain because of the nature and the kind of the physical aspect of things and the camping and stuff. But why ride a bike down a road that you have to hug a hug the cliff on that so many people have died on what drives you to do that i think it's almost down to like comfort zone so i'm a big believer that if you're not pushing your comfort zone out and expanding it it starts to shrink and whenever you're scared of something for me i've always thought right if i'm scared of this i actually need to go and do it i've got to face my fear i don't want to to continue to live my life worried about or you know regretting the fact that I had this opportunity when I was in Bolivia to cycle down this road and and I said no because I was too scared and it sort of helps to build your inner confidence and your inner belief in you know in what you can do and and it sort of translates across to into other areas of your life so although cycling down you know this road in Bolivia sounds very crazy but once you've completed it once you've done it you do get this sense of satisfaction and this this sense of um, self-confidence that, you know what, I've done that. I've I've faced my fear. You know, what's next? What else can I do? So the next time I come to a challenge and I think, oh, my goodness, this is a bit scary or I'm not quite sure how I'm going to approach this or I feel a little bit apprehensive, whether that's in my own ability or in my own confidence, I can think to myself and draw on these past experiences and say, come on, Sarah, you know, you cycled down death road, you traveled the world when you were 18, you backpacked here, you climbed over this mountain, you can do this, whatever it is. And it sort of gives me that inner confidence just to take a deep breath and think, okay, let's start, let's take action, let's move forward and and do this. Is there anything out there that you wouldn't do? The two things that I hate the most are being cold and being wet. So anything most probably to do with water. I was actually um, interviewing a, a great lady for my uh, for my podcast the tough girl podcast called lisa williams who just swam the english channel and that's something i potentially wouldn't do that's um you know 17 hours swimming she had to put on two stone in weights you know to keep her warm while she was swimming um across the channel so i think anything to do with the cold i definitely wouldn't do so i mostly stay away from the poles as well <laughs> so it sounds like that's something that you wouldn't enjoy doing or perhaps not scared but you really wouldn't enjoy so it sounds like that's something that you should be doing right (laughs) I think the difference is that I'm not sort of I don't think I'd be I'd I'd be scared of doing it it's more the fact I just know myself now that I actually I really really hate being cold you'd be annoyed (laughs) yeah it it would just I just wouldn't be in a in a happy place but the next uh, the next challenge I'm going to be doing is called the marathon de sables which I don't know if you've heard but it's, uh, it's what is it Six marathons in six days across the Sahara Desert. 
So that one, I'm like, oh, this will be nice running across the Sahara Desert, you know, only 40 or 50 degree temperatures. But yeah, that's still a challenge. That that scares me massively. But I'd rather do a challenge that scares me in the warmth than the challenge that sort of scares me in the cold. Wow. Well, this has been just really, really cool to hear. And um, then from a from a real estate standpoint, you know, like I said earlier, I believe, I don't know if I said this when we were recording or not, so I'll just repeat it. <laughs> I believe any real estate investor is an entrepreneur. So, and, and entrepreneurs have to have the psychology right. And I liked your three-step process of whenever you identify something that you want to do. First, you got to know what it is. Second, you got to break it down into actionable steps. And then third, you take action. It's as simple as that. You also talked about having a goal, plan, focusing on it, taking action. But then I think you, you kind of even summarize it even more and you had those three. One, know what it is. Two, break it down. And three, take action. So I think that is applicable to anything that we do in life at all. And you're talking about some extreme stuff or to others, to you it might not seem extreme. But to others, it might seem extreme, myself included, uh, because I haven't done uh, most of these things. And because, quite frankly, I'm, I'm scared to do a couple of them, the death road and skydiving. So I think this is just really interesting to hear. And some of the other takeaways that I wrote down while you we were talking is, one, it's not the physical challenge that gets us. It's it's always your mind that can give up first. So constantly training our mind, listening to podcasts like yours, the Tough Girl podcast, and hearing guests on the show, and then you know always you know just listening to maybe more skill set Sundays and and just immersing ourselves with topics that can help us grow. And then you also mentioned start walking by faith, and you have to start walking by faith and pitch black. For 10 hours on the Mount Kilimanjaro when you're uh, woken up at 11 p.m. and you start marching at midnight. That is another metaphor for a lot of stuff with entrepreneurship. You know what you want to do and you break it down, you take action, but boy, there's a lot of walking by faith and just knowing that what you're doing is what you're supposed to be doing and then surrounding yourself with people who are helping you along the way, like Mount Kilimanjaro whenever you've got a group with you and you've got a guide. So a lot of lot of life lessons. The last one that I'll mention is where you said with Death Road, uh, where the guide said you've got to keep looking forward and keep your eyes on the road. There's a consistent theme throughout all of this, and it is don't focus on, no, go in educated on what could happen, mitigate those risks, and then focus on your goal. And just go by faith and make it happen with an action plan by breaking it down step by step. My friends, that's the recipe for real estate investing success, where you identify what the risks are, you mitigate them as much as possible, you know what your outcome is, you know what your goal is, and then you break it down into actionable steps and you keep moving forward until you get there. So what a wonderful conversation, Sarah. Thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your experience, your life experiences, what you've learned and spending some time with us. Is there anything that you want to mention before we close it out? No, just say a massive thank you to you, Joe, for having me on the show. I've really appreciated it. And um, yeah, thank you very much. And I'll speak to you soon. All right. Thanks, Sarah. Bye.
crowdfunding. You've heard about it. Now it's time for you to learn about it. Our best ever sponsor today, Patch of Land, they're the leading expert in the crowdfunding space, and they've got all the answers to all of your crowdfunding questions. Go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and get your copy of the top 10 answers to the top 10 crowdfunding questions. That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F-L-A-N-D dot com forward slash best ever.